You are listening to HHS bonus content from the Hillbilly Horror Stories Network. This bonus content is released during the week for your listening pleasure while awaiting the release of Sunday's actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episode. All bonus content will be listed as HHS Presents or HHS Midweek while the actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episodes will have only an episode number and the title listed, for example, 187, The Kentucky Vampires. Those episodes are a longer deep dive into a particular subject. If you are new to the show and the bonuses aren't your style, get the full-length episode to try. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 10 of the Fear of the Week. Uh, Leslie Fear will be here a little bit to tell us all things Mount Everest. Wahaha. It's okay, it's me guys. It's a very steep story. And... <laughs> Of course, uh, before that, we are going to be telling you a story that uh, is paranormal news related. And by we, I mean myself and the lovely Kristen. Hey, it's me again. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys. (laughs) All right, Kristen, this one says, Ghost Hunter records best evidence yet of a spirit near Derelict Mill. Mark Davies and three friends visited Erie Wood Canal Vale. At Punsonuth, Cornwall. I'm so glad you're reading this When one. he says they had an incredible discovery. Of course, this is in Great Britain. Oh, okay. A normal, a normal, a paranormal <laughs> investigator claims to have recorded his best evidence yet of a ghost. Mark Davies and three friends visited Erie Wood Canal Vale. We've covered that on Saturday when they had the encounter. He claims footage shows a silhouette appearing across a small bridge which leads to one of the derelict mills which stand on the site. Mark and his friends were trying to measure paranormal activity in the area and communicate with supernatural beings, reports Cornwall Live. They brought several instruments with them, including a ghost box, which is claimed to be used by spirits to communicate through electronic voice. Those things are so creepy. They are. I I struggle with them, though. Me too. Because is it real? Like, well, is it I for just real, struggle man? hearing, you know, I, I can be in a room listening and I was like, I heard something. I don't know what it is. And somebody else, they said so-and-so. And I'm like, what? I didn't really get that out of it. Yeah. But but I don't, that's not saying that I'm, they're wrong. I'm just saying I just struggle with it. Mm-hmm. In, a, in the video, Mark said, I always knew they existed. I felt them, smelt them. Heard them, and now I've seen them. Smelt them? That's what he said. Well, you know, like, you can hear smell like... Oh, yeah. A rose perfume. Yeah. Some call them aliens. Some call them demons. The Watchers, and many other names. Ooh, well, the Watchers. That creeps me out. I just got goosebumps. Oh, <laughs> actually, I'm sitting next to the vent. That's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> Since we do have the air on. This is my best visual evidence up to date... Kristen, excuse yourself. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Freaking stupid truck. What is that, even? It sounds like a motorcycle. Oh. Or a whatever. Whatever. This is my best evidence visually up to date of a non-human being caught on my video camera. Some might think this is a hoax that I manipulated the photo evidence provided. Well, the smoking gun is the end clip. You decide, and thanks for the support. I'm only interested in bringing real evidence to the paranormal table, like other genuine people. 
You're saying it all hardcore, like as if he were saying, <laughs> "Thanks for the support." <laughs> Is that he I know, said? I, I know. I had. I had like a you're using his voice. Like I was in. Uh, what's his name? Robert Stack from. Uh, remember what was it? The show that he did. Robert Stack. Yeah. Who's, who's that? Huh? Who's Robert Stack? Never mind. You're so young. Well, who is it? It's the guy that was on that show that I can't think of. <laughs> I don't. I think I know who you're talking about. That one show. I keep wanting to say In Search of. It's not In Search of. That was Richard Nimoy. It was uh, uh, Unsolved Mysteries. That's Robert Stack. Oh, yeah, I know that guy. It's too late now. <sighs> Dang it. Mark adds, Spirits, can you touch those pods on the bridge, please? <laughs> Make the lights. Go off like you did last time for us. Show us that you're here. Show us that you live on. Please. Please stop talking like that. We're here to communicate with you. You said pods. (laughs) A few seconds later, Mark's friend Wendy started choking as the image appeared across the bridge. I'll be Wendy. (laughs) Well, then make me a hamburger. (laughs) Can all the spirits in these woods stand in front of the bridge, please? He continued, asking Wendy if she was okay. I'm fine. Is it safe to go beyond the bridge? If it's dangerous, can you show yourself, please, on the camera? He said that the change of frequency affected the group. The frequency's changing, he said. It's getting really cold here right now. There's something around us. Probably the vent. Can you stand in front of us, please, and not affect us? However, Mark started to be physically affected by the presence. The video shows that he had to walk away from the bridge for a bit. He said, my back is killing me. Mark later said, although the group could feel a presence, the creature could not be seen in person. He said, I've actually seen it, but spotted it when I watched the video back. When asked what kind of being it was, Mark said, I haven't got any idea. The face is not right. It's not human. But it's definitely here. It was a solid form. With the light, you can see the shadow behind it. I don't see how you can see a, not see a solid form in front of you, but see it on the video. Because if it's making a shadow... Mm-hmm. I don't the, know. The 47-year-old said that he did some research online and that he found reports of a strange creature in bushes and trees between Swanpool and Manporth. Ew. The Paranormal Database web- website describes the phenomenon as cryptozoology and describes the creature as slightly larger than a dog with a cat's face. What? Cat dog? <laughs> Walking on its hind legs. Bear cat dog. <laughs> what, was that? what was that one, the Super Bowl one? Oh, oh. Um, Pug monkey baby or uh, Shoot. Anyways. Whatever. Some kind of monkey baby. Mark said that the description seemed to match and that presence did not seem harmless. I don't want to go there again, he said laughing. It gave me a feeling that scared the hell out of me. I just think it's evil. It's not from this world. It was definitely there, and it was a solid form. I felt a presence, a coldness, and the pain. I just asked it to show itself, and it was there. Mark's been a ghost hunter for four years. He's been in Canal Vale before to investigate, and says he saw orbs and strange phenomena. The wood used to be the site of the gunpowder factory, which blew up in the 18th century, killing one person. Mm, that's sad. So there you go. Wow. Oh, I think there's another page. Several buildings 
and ruins are still there, and Mark believes that there was also an Iron Age settlement there thousands of years ago. Well, Mark's just full of knowledge. I was just thinking that, and you <laughs> took the word right out of my brain. <laughs> oh, Mark. You're such a guy. Typical Mark. <laughs> right. Know it all. Just like Mark Twain. So, we <laughs> <laughs> got a story coming up that involves Mark Twain. You do? Mm-hmm. It's in the Death House <gasps> in New York City. Oh. The Did you most, go there? No. Oh. No, I didn't know it existed until recently. Oh. Um, thoughts? Um, I don't, it just doesn't seem realistic to me. Like I said, I've got a problem with saying that you didn't see it. But maybe he wouldn't have looking in that direction. I have a problem it with it being a dog with a cat's face. Some kind of hybrid. Like a dog. You can make every, every pet owner happy, though. They can have the best of both worlds. Ugh. Well, that is true. It's like if we had that, we would have Ninja Mercury. <gasps> oh, why can't it be Freddie Polly? Because Just Freddie's better than Ninja. There, I said it. If you guys lived here, you would know. No, I'm just kidding. Ninja's great. Freddy's cool. Yeah, so you're going you're gonna to have... Let's just listen to Leslie. That's why we're all here. All right, let's Leslie. This is yeah. just like the... We're just like... This is like yapping. just the opening act before the real band and everybody just goes and gets beers and use the bathroom while we'll, they're on. And just we'll never be as cool as her. I know. Damn it. All right. Leslie is going to tell us about Mount Everest and all of the debris on Mount Everest. Debris? Debris. Okay. So let's take a listen. All right. You are listening to the fear of the week. With author Leslie Fear. Hey guys, welcome to the Fear of the Week with author Leslie Fear. You can pick up all of her books on Amazon, and I know a lot of you have been picking it up because I've uh, seen you list about it in the group, and I'm sure uh, Miss Fear appreciates that. Welcome to the show, Leslie. Thank you. I so appreciate you guys uh, texting me. Not texting me, actually. Nobody has my number except for Jerry, and even then I'll answer his text. Um, But you... um, But no, you guys have been messaging me and buying my books. And thank you so much for the support. That's been lovely. I appreciate it very, very much. I've got a new book coming out in probably May. So that's kind of, and I went with the uh, traditional publisher. So that is exciting news. It'll be in on the Walmart shelves. Will it actually be in Walmart? Yeah, it'll actually be in Walmart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really cool. I know. I know. That's that. Well, I am cool. Come on. You hit the jackpot. I can't wait to go to Walmart <laughs> and point and say, I know that author. And they're going to be like, you do not know Stephen King. I'm like, no, next to his, <laughs> Leslie Fear. I know her. <laughs> Wait, hey, I'm, I, I, you know, take a picture. We got to, we'll have to post it, right? No, with my luck, it won't work or it won't happen. But um, as far as I know, it's going to happen. So that's good. Well, that's exciting. Thank you. Good. I know. I might have to, I might have to buy five or six copies and give them out to listeners. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't exactly say no. Well, there you go. Yeah. I wouldn't expect you to. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Thank you. You are so sweet. Thank you, guys. That's very nice. <laughs> so what you got on the agenda for us tonight, Leslie? Well, I'd like to talk about Mount Everest and all the lovely debris that is left. And I think everybody <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really into that. What's on uh, Mount Kilimanjaro? Do you got anything on that one? I well, you know, <laughs> I wish I did, but I I don't. I can't help you there. Can't help you there. But I can but help you. Know, you. It's got to be the same, though, wouldn't you think? If you got a situation on one mountain, that it's like that on a bunch of other ones. It probably is, and it's not ever pretty. Yeah. So no. tell us about Mount Everest. Well, first of all, let's, Mount Everest. It's not, not everybody knows this. I happen to know this, but not everybody knows it because it's kind of to me. Mount Everest sounds like an American kind of name, doesn't it? Kind of sound American. Everest. It does. Yeah, you know, but it is actually located. On the border between Tibet and Nepal and the Himalayas. And that's in Asia, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. But anyway, so we're going to the mountain. It's 29,029 foot peak. That's the goal that everybody's trying to get to. Now, if you go up, you're, you've got your gear on, your backpack, you're totally, you know, covered in everything you can be covered in to keep yourself from frostbite and winds and ice and snow and weather and... And, you know, once you get up to about 26,000 feet, the climb, it's very treacherous. And the terrain and the freezing conditions, by the time you get to, there's like four campsites. There's one different levels. But the 26,300 foot one is camp four. Now, that's the highest of the actual last of the camps. And that's called the death zone. And it's called that because every moment you spend above 26,000 feet, the human body is actually dying. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I did not know that. It's because your your body is essentially suffocating over the two to three days, even more you have to spend to get up to the 29,200 feet. And, you know, that which is which is why, you know, your body can't. You, you can't breathe in those conditions. There's hardly any oxygen and you are suffocating your body and you're hallucinating. A lot of people can't, obviously, a lot of people can't even get to camp four. And we're going to get to that point pretty soon. <laughs> oh can, can I just say this? Uh-oh, I understand that there, there are people who like to have adventure. Mm-hmm. I just can't understand the life of me. Anybody who says, you know what, I think I want to climb this mountain just to be able to say I did it and risk my life, put myself through all the torture that most of these people go through just to say, hey, I got to the top of that mountain and got down. Because most people would be like, oh, really? And then that's the extent of it. Oh, I know. It's and, like, I know. I, I know. And a lot of them can't crazy even. crazy to me. Well, it's on everybody's, everybody. It's not on my bucket list, but it's on a lot of these uh, high adventurous people that like the high impact energy whatever it's on their bucket lists and that's what they want to do and they can't stop talking about it it's like really seriously no this is not fun for you because you will and most likely will die uh, it, you know because it's by crazy. the time you get up to that fourth camp it takes you it, it sometimes can take you 12 hours just to go one mile that's how oh slow God. your body goes in these horrific it's windy it's Oh, get out up there. You know, you're so high up. Can you imagine how windy Mm -mm, alone it is? Anyway. I mean, it's just got to be miserable. That would mess up my hair. Well, see, that's the thing. It's going to mess up my hair, and I can't have that. No. Almost 300 people have died since 1922. And the majority have done so on or around that death zone at 26,300 feet. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. It's Well, and what's... What's really, it, it, like I said, it's so sad because if you die 
on Mount Everest, you stay on Mount Everest pretty much where you died. Right, right. You are a living, not living, you're a open, you're an, yeah, really, you're an open corpse, open grave for everyone. People actually have had to step over bodies to go higher. No kidding. Yes. I mean, some people, some people are rescued, not rescued because they're alive, but you know, their bodies are taken down, retrieved, retrieved because maybe their family has money, they want their remains, whatever it is. Most of them stay there. There's one woman who died in 1979, and her name was Hennelore Schmatt. I think she was German. And she got up to the death zone, and then she got up higher. She got to the peak and came down, and she died on the way down, leaning back on her backpack with ropes. And she was actually against part of the mountain, and she died while doing that. So she's frozen in time with her eyes open, holding on to rope, literally with her hair in the wind like a frozen doll. And that is the craziest thing. It, 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 I just, you know, I do know that I, I think in recent years, her body has finally been, the wind finally took her body away and it's no longer there. But for years and years, it was there and campers could see it. Oh my Lord. Can you imagine? Yeah. Little friendly reminder. You want to keep going? Have fun. I mean, I, I mean, that I, sucks for her because she got all the way to the top and then died coming mm-hmm. down. What yeah, the crap? Yeah, she did. Yeah, and she was the first woman to do it in you know, 1979. Oh. Craziness. These are these people that are yeah. those high-risk adventurer, you know, people that just love it. And that's a Tom Cruise kind of thing. You know, he loves all that high energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Jerry? Are there any pictures of her or something out there on the internet, you know? You can Google her. Yes, you can. In fact, I Googled her. The picture's not that great. But you can Google her. Her name is Hennelore, H-E-N-N-O-L-O-R-E, Schmatt, S-C-H-M-A-T-Z. Like I said, she was the first woman to die on Mount Everest in 1979. Wow. And by the way, frozen bodies can double in, in actual weight. You know, like when they do try to recover them, like let's say a 175-pound man can actually weigh up to 300 pounds because he's covered in ice and snow and just all of the things that compact you so tightly, you're just a solid piece of ice. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's it's just, it's crazy. So anyway, that's uh, just craziness to me. I don't even understand why people do it. So many people have died. Oh, and there's so much garbage garbage left over from all these people. Oh my gosh. It's littered, littered with garbage. Oh, I can't even imagine how much because nobody is going up there to try to take care of it. Well, not the smart ones. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> the so, good things is though you don't you don't have to worry about your drinks getting cold. You no. just put them in your backpack and that's those, true. Those you don't have to worry about getting, getting ice cold. either. Yeah, you know, and I so, can barely make up an, up a dirt mound. So well, I don't think I, I'm don't telling be... you, and like I said, <laughs> some of the some of the dead are considered as trail markers. If that tells you anything, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, when you get past Bob, who's frozen there on the left, you got about <laughs> two more miles to go, <laughs> and you won't be able to breathe, and you feel like you're dying. But have fun! I'm so glad you're knocking it off your bucket list. You might actually kick one when you come down. Um, <laughs> we kind of bent Bob's arm, so he's pointing in the direction you're supposed to go. So just follow that. Oh, I know. I know. Oh gosh. But you know, here's the deal. If it's on your bucket list, just remember, Mount Everest 
death will always be with you if it if it yeah. will always be your constant companion if you even try to go and climb Mount Everest. So people people listen mm-hmm. to us. Don't do it. Try something else. Yeah. Do a little rock climbing inside a nice air conditioned climate controlled yeah. place. Uh, yeah, that's more my speed. Yeah, that's. But hey, you that's see my, my point. Speed. You yes. see my point that I started with. I mean, with with like. Mount Kilimanjaro is like a, a big ass mountain too. I'm sure just as many people try to climb that, and they've probably had. There's been people probably down other mountains that are probably their remains are left. Oh, I know, absolutely. Just, Mount Everest is the one that just gets all the attention, but I bet it's like that everywhere. It probably, I'm sure it has to be. So, uh, and and like I said, they don't even know that you know you you. There's no more radio contact. You're so far up. It's it's. You almost, I think they do have satellite phones for some of the, oh, and some of the rescuers go in to help, you know, save people or, you know, recover the bodies. They have to be recovered because they die. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's just, I don't even understand what, whoever thought of this. Well, I I mean, I give, I give props to people that are go-getters and want to do adventurous things. Mm -hmm. But when you, when you are putting other people's life in danger because they got to come up and mm-hmm. try to rescue like you just said i mean what what are you thinking you, you hate to be well you hate to be hard about it it's just like the responders or whatever you hate to be like well you know i mean they're up there and if we go up there we got a chance of dying i mean you do make that decision to just leave them up there instead of risking your own life yeah i think if i'm, I'm with her i think if you voluntarily try to climb a mountain that you know is like that and something happens you're on your own. There shouldn't be any rescue operation in a situation like and, that. And honestly, now, if you're Jerry, in a I situation, think that's, yeah. mm-hmm. I think that's kind of how they plane, handle it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you have a helicopter crash or something on the side of a mountain, that's different. Send right. somebody up to try to get them. That wouldn't. But but if you decide you're going to try to do something stupid, you shouldn't put somebody else's uh, life in harm's way. Totally you should know, agree. I'm totally doing agree. this on my own accord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, guys, don't do it. It's not good for you. Live your life. Have fun. Have a family. Have a wife. Have a husband. Do all your things. Have children. Don't climb Mount Everest. Don't do it. Yeah. Go to the bar down in the Tibetan city. Go go to a bar. <laughs> Date a psycho woman. You get just as much danger and just Did as you say much a psycho adventure woman? and never have to worry about getting cold and, and climbing up a mountain. That's what oh, I say. my Lord. But that's all I got to so, say about Mount Everest. Leslie, I got to be honest with you. I've really enjoyed this one. Yeah, uh, me too. I think this is actually one of my favorites. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. I enjoy talking about it, even though those poor people had to kick the bucket. I'm sorry. I, could, yeah. I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't stop it again. I couldn't do it. <laughs> well, I've, I've known... I've known forever that there were bodies up there, but I didn't know specifics that you talked about. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I learned a lot on this one. Oh, well, yeah. And I mean, honestly, <laughs> I didn't even think about bodies being up there. I don't know why. but Yeah, it's basically an open grave. That's that they call yeah, it an open that's grave. That's really sad. Yeah, it, it is Aww. sad, but it was something they knew that could happen. And all of them have that. Yeah. They all know. So, but anyway, you guys, guess what? I'm going to see myself out. So first of all, would you ever try to climb a mountain? Well, first of all, I can't even run down the street without <laughs> without being extremely winded, so probably not. What about, would you do anything that would be fun, but also life-threatening? Like, 
I did the tight rope or jumping a uh, jumping out of a plane parachuting or something like that. I did the slingshot at Kings Island once. I closed my eyes the whole time, but I did it. I don't think that counts. That does. It shot me in the air so fast. But you weren't in really any danger. If that thing would have broke, but it I would be dead. And they're pretty much designed not to break. You don't know. So, but like if you're doing something stupid, like trying to get your ball cap out underneath of a, you know, a roller coaster, hmm. then, you know, those kind of things yeah. are the accidents that happen in amusement parks. Well, as far as, I've, I've always said that I would like to go skydiving and you would probably have to push me out. I don't think I could like make myself jump, but I think I would do it. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't. But I, I couldn't, couldn't climb a mountain. Mm-mm. I couldn't even think of doing something like that. I could totally do it. Nope. Now I wouldn't bungee jump though, because that's those do break. I've seen. <laughs> haven't you seen? Haven't you seen videos <laughs> of the bungees breaking and then people crashing to their death? I guess that's all risks. Oh, no way, Jose. So, anyways, thank you guys so much, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.